My friends in Christ, we hold this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing power may be of God and not from us. That image of an earthen vessel with its origins in the Genesis creation story where God creates us humans from the clay of the earth, that story and that image has always appealed to me. I think it's because in my more honest moments, I relate to it quite personally. Maybe you do too. And that's a good thing because Jesus seems to have a special place in his heart for earthen vessels. Why else would he have kept the company he did? Why else would he have surrounded himself with the apostles he did? Each one of those 12, beginning with Peter and including our patron St. James, each was an earthen vessel. The church typically refers to St. James, our patron, as the greater. That's because there was another James among the 12 and because the gospel writers give our James a higher profile, tradition settled on that way of distinguishing him from the other. But we should not be misled by the title. Being the greater didn't make James any greater than the others, and it certainly did not make him any less an earthen vessel. Today's gospel story gives ample evidence of that. Along with his brother John, James approached Jesus to make a very bold, ambitious request. See to it, they said, that we sit one at your right, the other on your left, in glory. We can be forgiven for wondering who in the world did they think they were anyway. That's exactly how the other ten reacted. They became indignant, Mark tells us, a strong word, but not a surprising one under the circumstances. Now, it's worth noting that Matthew, in his gospel, when he tells this story, he tells it a little differently. Matthew says that it was the mother of James and John who made the request on behalf of her two sons, forever, I suppose, providing a patron for all good Jewish mothers. So who does get the blame, the sons or the mother? It doesn't really matter. There was enough to go around. And if indeed it was the mother who made the request, I'm guessing it wasn't without at least the tacit approval of her two sons. Earthen vessels they were, and Jesus knew it. Notice how gently he treats them, though, lest they shatter as earthen vessels easily do. Instead of scolding the two, hanging them out to dry, Jesus uses the moment to teach a lesson to all the twelve, challenging each of them but putting no one of them down. Instead, he lets them know that he is inviting them into something altogether new and unheard of. You want to be great, he asks? Then let go of your grandiose dreams of thrones and glory and become like me. Become a servant, not a sovereign. Forget yourselves and serve others. Do as I do. Lay down your lives for others. The Son of Man, he says, has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Years ago, when I first came to St. James, I didn't give much thought to the saint, 
to be honest, only to the parish and the cathedral. St. James just happened to be its name. I look at that differently now. That's because in many ways, the story of the saint is the story of the cathedral, and it's the story of each one of us parishioners. Being a cathedral is kind of a, a glorious thing, I guess you could say, and this is a pretty glorious place, but it's not about glory, is it? It's about service, humble service. And that's what you, you have made this place, a community of people whose first name is St. James and whose middle name is Service. Those gospel words high over our altar are in many ways our parish motto. They say it all. They were Jesus' words first. They became James' words, and now they are our words, these words. I am in your midst as one who serves. If you know the story and the great legends of St. James, you are familiar with the tradition that he went as far as the northwest corner of Spain to preach the gospel, forever earning for himself the title patron of pilgrims. But as I see it, James actually made two pilgrimages in his life, and the one to Spain to preach the gospel was actually minor when compared with the one he made from thrones in glory to a life in the service of others. That was one great pilgrimage. Today, pilgrims from all over the world make the trek to Santiago de Compostela to pray at the tomb of St. James. A good number of you have done it. I know there's one of our parishioners who's doing it even as we gather here this morning. But realistically, it's not a pilgrimage most of us will be able to make. But there is such a thing, there is such a thing as a pilgrimage of the heart. And this is the perfect year for that because 2021 is what is called a jubilee year. That happens every time the Feast of St. James occurs on a Sunday. So, jubilee year this is. Of course, the fact that this is a jubilee year doesn't make the feast any greater, any more than calling James the Greater makes him any greater. But perhaps it can make us stand a little taller, pray our prayers a little more fervently, sing our hymns and acclamations a little louder, with a little more spirit. And most of all, perhaps, it can challenge us to roll up our sleeves a little higher as we do what James did. Let go of the dreams of glory and make the really long and arduous pilgrimage from selfishness to selfless service of others. And it all starts right here at the table of the Eucharist.